Welcome to All Things Alt Tech, where we talk about the emerging digital ecosystem and how the online world is changing by the week. If you want to hear about next generation platforms and browsers, or get the latest on privacy and online free speech issues, or just general banter on the creepy online media industry, this one's for you. So strap in, grab a drink, sit back and enjoy. If you want to comment on an episode or if you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast or feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from. And thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. Today is December 4th, 2019, and today we're going to talk about COPPA or the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Now, what is this thing anyway? You might have heard a bit about it on YouTube recently because it's upset quite a few content creators and rightly so. Now, basically, it is a federal law that seeks to regulate how websites and online assets could well, gather information from children. And it's enforced by the FTC. Now, the goal of COPPA is basically to prevent the well deceptive targeting of children with campaigns that are meant to extract personal information from them. Now, as I mentioned before, COPPA regulates websites that obtain personal information from children, but what does that really mean? Now, personal information in this instance, it includes stuff like you know, your name, obviously, address and location, your contact information, telephone numbers, social security numbers, cookies and IP addresses, and pictures or voice data and so forth, and also your location. Now, many of these types of information, I mean, like, for example, a user's location or IP address is collected by default on many websites. I mean, if you run your own website yourself, I mean, that type of information is going to be stored somewhere on your servers, most likely. Now, you can pretty much assume that Google and YouTube, they're going to be tracking everything. So everything I just mentioned and beyond, because also they can infer a lot of information about you. Just as a side note here, I mean, I once heard a Google product person say in person that they even toyed around with tracking your mouse cursor movements at one point. I mean, I don't know, I guess that could be used for something, detecting Parkinson's or I don't know, but something. Um, now, the FTC, on the other hand, they look at several factors to determine um, whether a site is direct directed at children or not, including, of course, well, what is on the site and also what the site looks like. So whether it uses graphics and music that's designed to, well, appeal to children under 13. Now here's where, where Google and YouTube come into play. Now YouTube were recently charged with illegally collecting personal information from children without their parents' consent. And they're going to have to pay a record $170 million to settle these allegations by the FTC. As I said, they collect information about everybody, including children. Now, under this settlement, YouTube will have to implement several changes for how kids' content is treated on the platform moving forward. First of all, they have to stop collecting data and serving targeted ads against kids' content full stop. Now, this is regardless of the age of the actual viewer, though. So that's why this is such a big deal. I mean, it means ads served against kids' content will basically be served blindly moving forward. In other words, the targeting against these videos is not going to be personalized. So what this means for, for advertisers, of course, is, well, poor performance. And, and as this content becomes less lucrative, advertisers might outright avoid ever serving against kids' content altogether. And this also means, of course, that this type of content is going to be less lucrative for creators. So in plain revenue terms, if you turn off personalized ads for your channel, I mean, it's not going to decimate your revenue, but let's face it, it's going to at least cut it in half. 
Of course, that's not all. If you mark a video as being for children, it will prevent all the notifications from going out. It's going to stop the commenting features. And the video is also not going to be recommended. So you can forget about any kind of organic growth moving forward. Now, I don't actually mind the decision to pull personalized ads against kids' content. But, you know, determining what kids' content is, it's really not that straightforward. Because, I mean, there are many content creators who create content that can basically be mistaken for kids' content. I mean, think about all the, let's say, the Fortnite videos. Think of anime videos. Think of PewDiePie. Think of silly stuff like Will It Blend? These folks creating that, that type of content, they're going to face some serious problems, I think. And many are probably going to be pretty much too scared to continue on their current path. So they're going to have to change their direction. Now, under this COPPA legislation, a court can fine any operator who violates this rule uh, up to $42,530 per violation. So as a content creator, that's a big chunk of your revenue. So under this settlement, YouTube also has to develop and maintain a system that lets channel owners flag child-directed content. So identify which of your videos are, well, child-directed. Now, this is also used so that YouTube can, uh, can help ensure that it complies with COPPA. Well, I have a better idea here. How about stop siphoning off data from users altogether, YouTube? Now, starting this month, YouTube is requiring all creators, regardless of where you are or regardless of whether or not you actually produce kids' content, to designate you know, whether your videos are made for kids. So YouTube is basically putting the onus on creators to comply with COPPA. Now, according to YouTube's help center on this, and I'm using help center, scratching my head saying that word even because it's not much, much help at all. Basically, it says, if you fail to set your audience accurately, you may face compliance issues with the FTC or other authorities, and we may take action on your YouTube account. So this is kind of typical YouTube. I mean, YouTube are the, they're the ones collecting all the information and, and the advertising to children, not the creators, really. And also, YouTube are the ones hosting the content. And now every content creator has to certify what's ch child-oriented and what's not. So it's important to remember here that um, not, it's not just YouTube that faces, faces these uh, potential fines. It is you, the creator, as well. So basically what, what this policy is doing here, it's assuming that everybody is a potential culprit and a potential child abuser. And I, I think this is kind of typical of the surveillance corporatocracy we live in. I mean, government basically creates this fluffy and unwieldy policy that's designed to protect children, but it's a policy that most likely won't really achieve much, if anything at all, and now everyone has to be inconvenienced by it, even if you don't have anything to do with kids' content, because guess what? Now every single video on every single channel must be categorized, including all previously uploaded videos. Now that's a lot of material, that's millions of videos. So taking a step back here, I mean, to what extent does forcing this classification of content and pulling ads from kids' videos really help protect children? I mean, I don't know, but I mean, what is the mechanism by which malicious actors could get personal details of kids? I mean, it seems a little bit tenuous, especially when you consider that you could just call a random phone number and get a kid on the phone, and it seems like that's a far more direct and immediate danger. And the majority of people who create kids' content are, you know, legit. I would even go so far as to say that the majority of advertisers targeting kids' channels are probably legit. 
Now, penalizing and suspecting everybody, it's not a sensible move here. Because, I mean, this policy is geared towards policing content, whereas it should be geared towards, well, targeting child abusers. So, I mean, what about going back to good old parenting here instead? I mean, if you let your kid use your devices all day long with no supervision, you know, maybe that's a bigger problem. And this legislation is kind of what you get when, when governments think it's their obligation to do parenting. It's not. It's just another perfect example of a nanny state. Anyway, if you're, if you're a content creator, what can you do here? So the, the, the only slightly good news in all this is that the FTC is actually asking for public comments about its enforcement of, of COPPA. I'm going to include this official request for comment on um, in the show notes, so you can chime in there. There's also a petition to save family-friendly content on YouTube, um, and it nearly ha- it has nearly one million signatures already. It just needs a few more, well, a couple thousand more to help them uh, get across the finish line. So I'm going to include that one as well in the sh- in the show notes. And thirdly, and this is a pretty small consolation, but you can register your YouTube channel for Brave Rewards as well. So that is the rewards and the basic attention token, and that will help you get another trickle of revenue through that. So what else is YouTube doing here? Because they're going to have to mitigate this potential revenue drop from, from all this COPPA fallout. So they are looking at starting to match edgier content with advertisers who might be interested in it. So let's say, for example, you are a marketer who wants to promote a, let's say, a, a movie thriller, maybe even a slightly more graphic one. Then that will certainly be somewhat easier moving forward. And that's a, a sensible move, if you ask me. But I think, you know, just in conclusion here, I mean, we have to keep the internet free here, folks. I mean, it's hard enough to, to make a living as a content creator. So let's try and push for some more sensible legislation. And I mean, I think we can all agree that we're for protecting children online. But I mean, let's use a scalpel on the culprits, not a sledgehammer on the common man. I mean, first, they crack down on the non-family friendly content, you know, your non-PC stuff and all the Alex Jonesy stuff and so forth. And now they're cracking down on the family friendly content. So basically, you can't be too edgy, but also you can't be too family friendly. Welcome to the new internet, people. I'm out. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to comment on an episode or if you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast. That's N-Y-M-A-N dot media slash podcast. Or feel free to leave a review wherever you're listening from. And thanks for listening.